Hey everybody, welcome to Dwell at Home. My name is Pastor Eric. Man, I'm so glad to see you guys here online, tuning in. Whether you're listening on a podcast, watching online, man, I'm not worried about what you're doing. I'm just glad that you guys are here, ready to tune in. Man, if we hadn't had a chance to meet you, um, I I just want to introduce myself. Like I said, my name is Eric, alongside my amazing wife, Natalie. We're the lead pastors of a brand new church in downtown Omaha. Man, we've been doing this for a year now, and every once in a while we take these times to just go specifically online so that we can give ourselves rest as a church. I think it's good to be able to take time together. But as you guys saw, we are in a brand new series called Cheat Code, and the whole idea behind this series is looking at certain aspects of our life and wondering, is there just a cheat code in our life to take us to the next level? Whether it's your finances, your relationships, or just your faith life, I believe that God has answers in his word of how you can go to that next level simply by doing one or two things. And so today we're going to jump right into this series and we're going to talk about your faith. Uh, Faith is kind of this really large and sometimes hard to grapple with thing because everyone's got a faith. You you have faith in so many different things, but when we're specifically talking about our faith in religion, our faith in God, I I believe that God challenges us on how we access that faith, how we interpret that faith, how we use that faith. We see in Matthew 21, Jesus explaining our relationship to God and faith. He puts it this way. Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. And even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. Uh, This cheat code for your faith today, I think is unlocked here in this verse. What we're asking for so many times in our life with our faith is for God to do something miraculous and powerful, something significant in your life. And God is telling us through his son, Jesus, that is possible. The miracle that you need in your life is possible. The, The answer to the problem that is facing you is possible how are you going to get that? Uh, the answer, if we look at this verse right here, to tap into our faith, to tap into that power, is simply this prayer. And that's it, folks. Prayer. Simply prayer is the thing that unlocks your faith life. Prayer is the thing that gives you the communication, the ability to do something amazing. But like so many things in life, Very few of us are taught how to pray or when to pray or why to pray or or what to pray about. And if Jesus is correct in this, that our prayer life is the key to unlocking incredible faith in our life, then, then we need to dive into this. And so today, wherever you're listening, whatever you're watching, however you're doing this, if you can like, comment, subscribe, give me something that tells me that you're listening and watching with us today, because I want to preach this message titled, We Are What We Do. We are what we do. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for coming to us today, for working on us, for being flexible with us to work on our faith life. God, as we dive into your word, as we ask you to 
look at our character, as you look at our, our brokenness, but God, as you look at the things that you designed to bring us joy and hope and relief, God, I pray we can bring all of this to the table and ask for you to work in only the ways that you know how to work. God, we give this to you. We love you. And in Jesus' name, amen. 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 I, I don't know about you guys, but there's so many times in my life that I, I don't really, I don't really feel like God can hear me when I pray. Uh, like this brick wall that's behind me, when I'm praying, it just kind of feels like talking to that brick wall, or maybe it just feels like yelling out to the universe and asking for something or somebody to respond to the problem that I need solving. Uh, prayer is often just talking and then nothing. I'm reminded of a story of a couple that were getting older together. They've always been great at communicating together. It's something that they always encourage other couples to do. But as they started getting on in age, they started noticing that it was harder and harder to hear each other in what they were communicating. Specifically, the husband noticed that as time went on, his wife wouldn't hear him as well as she used to hear before. He would ask simple questions or give compliments and she wouldn't respond to anything, anything that he was saying. And he loved his wife, he loved her deeply and didn't want to embarrass her. So he went to his family doctor and he goes to his doctor and says, doctor, my, my wife, I think she's starting to have hearing problems. And uh, how can I take care of her? How can I love her as she's increasing in age? But I want her to hear the questions that I'm asking. I want her to hear the compliments that I'm giving her. The doctor, with all the wisdom that he had, he contemplated for a second. He said, well, we need to first diagnose how bad this problem really is. He goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and do a little experiment for me. Stand 25 feet away and ask your wife a question. If she doesn't answer, get five feet closer and ask the same question again. Do this again and again until you get right up next to her or until she can hear you. Uh, the man thought this was a great idea and a, a simple way in order to see where his wife was in their communication. The man goes home and, and has a moment where he realizes, oh, I can start the experiment right now. And he goes to the back of his living room and he asks his wife a question. Hey, what's for dinner? No answer. And he gets five feet closer and asks the question again, still no answer. And obviously a little worried, he gets five feet closer and asks the question again and still no answer. Getting more increasingly worried and worried that his wife might be further along in her hearing loss than before. Every step getting closer and closer, hoping that she will just simply hear the question, hey, what's for dinner? Finally. The man, five feet from his wife, asked the question, hey, what's for dinner? His wife throws down the silverware that she was holding and turns to him with a scowl on her face. For the fourth time, I've told you we're having lasagna. <laughs> it's so often in our life, I think we're the old man in the story and not the woman, where we think that God has a hearing problem. We think that as we're asking questions and we're not getting a response from him, that 
God must not be listening or God must not be there. Well, in fact, the answer is just like this old man. It's us who have the hearing problem. It's us who can't hear for the third, the fourth, the fifth, the eighth, the 20th time that God is providing an answer. So many of you I've talked to, you've been on some sort of faith life journey and and maybe you come to an impasse, a crossroads in your life uh, where you needed something to answer a deep question in your life. Maybe it's a question of loneliness or depression or, or just some issues that just feel insurmountable, just feel so much bigger than you. And so in an act of bravery, you go to maybe a Christian friend, a, a coworker of yours, or maybe a, a Facebook friend, and you ask them, hey, can you answer this question for me? And, but still no answer from God. You try praying on your own and still no answer from God. You you try going to church and hearing from a pastor. Maybe they'll have some wisdom and yet still no answer from God. But you still keep going because you need this answer. So you start going to a small group and no answer from God. You start giving, tithing and serving and still no answers from God. But what did change as you got closer and closer and closer to God is you stopped praying about your loneliness. You stop praying about your depression because your prayers turned into, God, help this other person. Uh, Here's what I found in prayer life is that often as we keep chasing the answer, we keep finding ourselves growing closer and closer to God. And as we get closer to him, we can hear what he has for us more clearly. Sometimes the answers in our life aren't simply just answers, they're experiences. Sometimes they're not just a one word answer, but it's a lifelong journey. What I've seen more often than not is that God is working with those who are persistent in their participation. Prayer is this crucial element to our our Christian walk. It's, It's key in us figuring out more of what God is trying to do in our lives. And and yet it's something that we, I think so rarely do, or at least in my conversations with people, it's this intimidating factor that separates those who are willing to go deeper and more ready to interact with God. For those of us who have grown up in a faith or a religion, The concept of prayer, especially the ones that you hear from a pastor up on a platform or from others that are around you, it feels like it's so eloquent and so well done. And and to try to do it yourself just feels like whining and complaining. Uh, But today, I want to bring you uh, maybe a different structure to prayer, one that, that maybe you haven't tried before that might unlock something and what you can do and increase your faith life here today. I hope you guys are with me because here's the structure that I want to give you guys. It's simply this. Wow, thanks, sorry, please. Wow, thanks, sorry, please. Uh, These four words right here, whether done individually or partnered together, will set up faith in your life, will set up an understanding of prayer and communication that you previously did not have. And this structure of prayer, wow, Thanks, sorry, please, comes from uh, a prayer that Jesus gives us in Luke chapter 11. It reads like this. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. 
Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. It, Jesus gives us this model of prayer, this model of honor and humility and, and honesty that maybe previously hasn't been accessible to you before. And you can read those words and you can understand, yeah, it's good for Jesus to do that, but man, it feels complicated for me to engage with that. Well, let's break that down. Let, let's make it more simple. And let's simply start with, wow. Wow, is this amazing place to be when talking and being in a relationship with God. Wow, puts us in a place of awe it's inspiring. Maybe you've just been totally blown away by an experience. Wow, is this great exclamation that you can give to somebody and it shows how impressed you are with what they have done. Uh, wow is an incredible prayer to start with with God. Uh, and I don't know, maybe you've uh, experienced some beauty in this natural world. You've spent time in the mountains, looked across an ocean. You, you stood in a desert. You've, you've been in a beautiful lake. You've maybe even just seen the birth of a child and held a newborn in your arms. And you know in those moments, the only words that can come out of your mouth is, wow. What a beautiful prayer that you could give God where you just were in awe and inspired by his creation. And part of his creation is you. Wow, is this beautiful moment that you get to give God glory and worship, to put him in his place. It, often God is put to the sidelines. He's a, a good idea. He's a Bible on a bookshelf. But when we say, wow, we have to acknowledge the power that is God. What's naturally connected to our wow is our next prayer, which is thank you. I don't know if you've ever been given that perfect gift before. You know, the one that you always wanted. Maybe it was on that Christmas day or that birthday. Maybe it was a loved one who gave it to you on an anniversary. And, and, and wow, was the response that came from your mouth. I always wanted this. I needed this. I am so thankful. Man, gratitude can put us into a place of acceptance of what God has for us more than anything else in this world. So many of us, we pray for peace or patience or joy, but I wonder if some of us would just pray a prayer of gratitude. God, thank you. Wow. Look at the good things that are in my life. Thank you for what you have given. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's just the very breath in your lungs. Maybe it's just the car that you drive, the job that you go to, the friend that texted you. Wow, thank you. For some of us, we have trouble saying thank you because we're facing such hardships and it feels like there's not much to be thankful for. And what we're finding out in science is that the area of our brain that's connected to anxiety and worry and the area of our brain that's connected to thankfulness and gratitude are very closely connected. So connected, in fact, that you can't not be anxious and gracious at the same time. You need to pick one. So a cure to your anxiety is simply thank you. If you want to learn how to get rid of gratitude in your life, 
Focus only on the things that you are anxious or fearful for. But instead, God calls us to a place of gratitude, a place connected with him. It's in this state of wow and thank you that we can enter into some of the deepest parts of prayer, which is this next one, sorry. Sorry, a key part of our prayer life is sorry. God, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm asking for help. And this is a place of humility. Uh, it's honoring the thing that was done wrong, but it's, it's more than just that. It's honoring the one who can forgive. We're taught in the prayer that Jesus gives us is to ask for forgiveness from God. Ask for forgiveness for the things that we've done that have separated us from relationship. I, I don't need you confessing sins to me, and, and definitely you probably don't want to hear me just confessing my sins. But, but let me tell you that God wants that moment with you, that moment of restoration of relationship. Uh, there's a few of us maybe that we know that feeling of broken relationship with someone that you used to love, someone that you used to care for. And, and there's a moment if you seek restoration, if you seek for it to come whole and to be like it was before, from both sides there needs to be an I'm sorry. And what's good about our relationship with God is that God has never left you nor abandoned you. He's never thrown you into fire. He's never tried to hurt you. In fact, it's only been us that has broken relationship. So when we come to him, understanding his great magnitude and our thankfulness in our spirit, our next obvious step is, God, I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have separated us. What I found is that asking for forgiveness for ourselves is much easier than, than asking forgiveness of those who have hurt us. This is the second part of the I'm sorry prayer, which is simply not just asking that we're in right with God, but God, forgive those who have hurt me and help me to forgive those who have hurt me. I, I don't know what trial or issue that has faced you, but unforgiveness is a poison that eats us alive. And God is seeking for us to come back into relationship, to release unforgiveness and to seek forgiveness. This is the beautiful part of the I'm sorry prayer. It's in this spirit, the spirit of humility that God offers the hope of the last part of our prayer, which is please. Please is the most common prayer I believe that is prayed. Please is prayed by more people than there are Christians. Please to the creator of everything is said a lot. Often our relationship with God is filled with more pleases than thank yous, filled with more I needs than wows, filled with more give me now than I'm sorry. It's that Jesus tells us at the end of our prayer time is when we ask, please. And it's not simply just because God doesn't want to hear our requests. Man, I, I think there's so many times that my entire prayer time for weeks, months, is simply, please God, help me. But when we say, wow, thank you, 
and sorry, it puts us in a place, in a perspective of what we're actually asking for. You see, some of us, we're trying to get out of our situation when God wants to build a character within us. So we shouldn't pray for God to release us, but instead, God, please give me resilience. Give me strength. Give me fortitude to make it through this season. You see, we pray for things that God never wanted to answer. It's not that God doesn't want you to have a good life. It's that God wants you to have the best life. And it requires us to go through the process that we get to this place of please. One of the keys that Jesus gives us in our please prayer is God, give me my daily bread. Whatever I need for today, not what I need for tomorrow or next year or that great dream or that great vision. Man, those are some prayers in and of itself. But God, what do I need today? Today, I need some encouragement. God, today, I need some love. God, today, I need some happiness, some joy. Where can I get it? God, please help me. Uh, let's wrap all of this up here together because whether you said one of those prayers by itself or you brought all four words of those together and made a beautiful prayer, we're now at the place in which, great, we've prayed the prayer, now what? Now what do we do? Where, where are we at now? Is God automatically gonna start moving mountains and start doing things? Well, I, I wanna point you to how Jesus ends Luke chapter 11, after he tells the story of how to pray, he then tells us this story right here. Luke chapter 11. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit. And I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will keep and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. The image that Jesus is giving us here is that those who are persistent in their participation will find the answers they're seeking. It's not simply enough to pray it one time. It's not simply enough to just have the right words. It's not simply enough to have the magic incantation that makes your fairy godmother God answer the problems of life. Instead, what we're called to is per persistent participation, to come to him constantly and consistently seeking him knocking, not in a begging way, but in a God, I'm not giving up on this answer. I, I think some of our prayers in this world is, God, I need answers for my marriage. And how long are you going to fight for that? 
How persistent are you gonna be for that healing? For some of us, we have a diagnosis, a disease, a mental health disorder that we need relief from. And can I tell you that God can move mountains and he can move how your brain works. He can move how your heart aches, but how persistent are we gonna be in that? Are we simply gonna stand on the sidelines calling out plays on how God should play the game? Or are we going to start playing the game with him? God, how are we going to throw this touchdown? God, how are we going to score that goal? God, how are we going to make that basket? How are we going to play as a team together? Man, the cheat code of your faith life is prayer, but it's connection to what he is doing. Some of us that are listening right now, we need to hear this challenging message. You've been playing the game one step at a time. And God is asking you to run, to start pushing forward. And the running of your faith is built in prayer. Let me encourage you church here today that you can unlock the next level of your faith life. You can start seeing miracles. You can start breaking chains. You can start bringing freedom to your life simply through the power of prayer. And it starts like this. Wow. Thank you. Sorry. Please. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you brought us this message here today. One that's challenging. One that's brought us to a place that we need to hear from you. So we start right now. Wow, God. How powerful. How great you are that you created the world around us. You created a church like Dwell Church. You created us who are listening to have unique purpose and design in this world. Wow, of all the things that you've given us, thank you. Thank you for entrusting us with your sons and daughters, with your friends, with your people. Thank you for entrusting us with the jobs that we have, the things that provide for us. God, thank you, but we're sorry. We're sorry that we broke relationship. We're sorry that we separated from you. We're sorry that we tried it our own way. We're sorry that we had to wait till rock bottom. But here we are. God, please, please help us. Answer the cry of your people, God, as we humble ourselves and pray and seek your face. We're asking you to answer the problems in our world not simply just to take them away, but God, to bring relief so that we could care and bless others. God, show up like only you can show up. We give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we love you guys, man. I, I hope you enjoyed this series. I hope you enjoyed this message. I want you to pass this along to a friend, a family member, someone that you love, someone that maybe you've heard, hasn't heard this type of message that unlocks faith in their life. I want to invite you next week in person to our service at 1415 Harney Street. We are live. We got live worship, a powerful kids ministry, and a continuation of this series. It's going to be a great one. I can't wait to see you guys there.